You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Schul here on Soul to Soul. DJ's on my side. DJ, we're going to have a good conversation today. Absolutely. Please God, actually. <clears throat> and it's an honor to be here in the special days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. I truly hope that your Rosh Hashanah was meaningful and impactful and you found a few moments to deeply connect and engage and take something out of it. Sometimes these 48 hours can be so inspiring, but we struggle to tap in and actually grab something from that inspiration. And before long, we're out of it. And life hits us, and we have a full week in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and life pretty much takes us over. And it can happen that we let it go. So I really hope that we, each and every one of us, found something and connected to it and grabbed onto it and put it into our lives and decided to make a change, even the smallest, but something in our spiritual, emotional relationships, in something in our lives, we decided to actually change and not only decided, but started implementing it right then. As they used to tell us, when you decide to change, make the first change that day. Don't start tomorrow because often tomorrow will never happen. Change today. And we're halfway, we're the halfway mark between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and it's a perfect time to really get to the core of the theme of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and just one idea in it. Obviously, who can encompass the tremendous themes of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? We could have radios for hours and hours and hours, and we're going to barely touch the surface, but just one point specifically about Yom Kippur. But I'm not going to even go there before we have some music. And today we chose some local music from Chazen Yudi Cohen of Sidnam Shul, the beautiful Kol Nidre. Here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, and we are here talking about Yom Kippur DJ, and that was just beautiful music from uh, Yudi Cohen, here from South Africa, Sidnam Shul, um, Kol Nidre. And let's get right into it. And th- what do you talk about before Yom Kippur? Do you talk about spirituality and the reason we don't eat and why we don't wear leather shoes? And that's all that great stuff and absolutely relevant. But I'm going to talk about a theme that always sits on my heart every single year. And I think I've addressed it every single year on the show in different ways. But I think once a year, it deserves a show and deserves attention. Not only one show, but many. And that is forgiveness. The power and the mandate to forgive. We're going to stand there on Friday night in Shul, please God. Shuls will be packed. It's the single most full night in South African synagogues. Every year, that's the night, Kol Nidre night. Tens of thousands of people in this country, millions of people all across the world, will walk into Shul. This is the night. And what are they going to do? What are they going to engage? What are they going to ask for? Well, many will tell you that they're going to ask for forgiveness. Salachti. We're going to ask Hashem to say, I forgive you. We're going to say, Al-Chait, for the sins that we did this and for the sins that we did that. We're going to say it ten times. 
and enumerate the mistakes we made and ask Hashem to look past it. We're going to pray more than any other day of the year. Five prayers over 24 hours, which is in Judaism most unusual. We have three davenings a day, and on Shabbat and Yom Tif, we have four. Only once a year do we have five. Yom Kippur. Pretty much the whole day in Shul. And we're going to ask Hashem to cleanse us. To throw upon us cleansing water. And just let us begin anew. And many of us will dress in white to symbolize rebirth and freshness and renewal and untaintedness. We're clean. It's a beautiful day. From all the fast days of the year, definitely the easiest in many ways, and that's simply because it's such a spiritual day that the spirituality often makes it easier to fast. But here's the question. Are we going to give one another the same thing we're asking God to give us? When was the last time you walked over to another human being and said, you are cleansed in my mind? I have no grudges. I have nothing between us. You are white and clean and absolutely forgiven. We come every year to God and we ask him to do something that how often do we do to one another? How often do we turn to one another and say, you know what, buddy? I cannot live any longer with the stain in our relationship. I'm cleaning the stain. I forgive and I ask forgiveness. To be able to walk in and give people that benefit that God gives us and the ability to restart. Every day we wake up in a small way is a mini Yom Kippur in which God comes and says, I'm giving you another day because I believe that today you can redeem yourself. Despite what you did yesterday, today is another day to get it right. When we go to sleep, we're told it's a mini death. Echad mishishim lemisa, the Talmud says, it's one sixtieth of death. And then when we wake up hours later, God is coming and saying, here, here's another chance of life. Here's your next 16 hours, 18 hours, figure it out. And the next morning we wake up, please God again, and there is God saying, I believe in you again, and I believe in you again, and I believe in you again. Can you imagine how much faith God has in us? We take it for granted that we're going to wake up in the morning. How do you know? Isn't it an incredible gift that God gives us a clean slate, an opportunity every morning to get it right? We always talk about whether we believe in God, right? You often get into conversations, Rabbi, I do believe in God, I don't believe in God. But rarely do we talk about, does God believe in you? We shouldn't be telling one another only that God is worth believing in. What we should be telling one another is, God believes in you. Yes, you've failed. Yes, you're down. Yes, you've broken the law, and yes, you've made mistakes, and yes, you're difficult, and yes, even your mother can't stand you. But nevertheless, God can. 
And God has space in his heart for you. And God gives you another chance. And God allows you to redeem yourself. So if God can give us that ability every single day of restarting and once a year an absolute reboot, can we give the same thing to one another? That's really the theme I want to explore today. There's no better time than the present to let go. To let go and to give one another that whiteness, that cleansiness, that the cleanliness, that beauty, that the greatest gift we can give one another is a clean slate. Here's 101.9 Chai FM. I want to play with you a little more music. Play for you a bit more music. It's called Chamo. And it's a song by Shlemy Dax. And I really hope you enjoy it here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan. The beautiful music you were listening to before was Shlemi Dax Chamoyla Masecha. It's a song I only learned recently, and it was so lucky this Rosh Hashanah in our shul. We had, we had a beautiful choir, and we had Shmuley Brill coming and singing that song Chamoyla Masecha. Literally left the entire shul in tears. It was just the most beautiful song. And what we're really asking God is, Chamela Masecha, have compassion on your creation, on the things you created. And be proud and be happy in the things you made. Beautiful, beautiful song. And it's like, gosh, I, I, I get emotional just thinking about this. It's such a beautiful tune, but more importantly, such beautiful days with so much meaning and so much depth. And each word we say there in Davening is so beautiful and rich with meaning and full of substance and points of connection and just beautiful. And I really hope that each and every one of us finds that connection. And if we haven't found it on Rosh Hashanah, come to Yom Kippur with that goal of of tackling the service with a purpose to find something, to find something to connect to. There's such beautiful prayers the night of Yom Kippur, so many beautiful prayers, one after another, starting from Kol Nidre and the songs that we sing, and Amidah, and the Yale Tachnuneinu, and Kehine Kachemer, and Amnam Kain, and the calling out Hashem's name, and it's just so rich. And specifically this year, Yom Kippur is on a Shabbat, it's on a Friday night, Saturday, and it offers even more meaning to really connect to not only the intensity of the day, but the peace of the day, the cleanliness of the day, the, just the beautiful, oh, what a what a beautiful opportunity um, to us to connect to. And as it is the day of Jewish unity, because it's a single, it's a day that the most Jews come together than any other day of the year. We come together in unity and prayer. It It has such tremendous meaning. We have to grab it, and we really have to get ourselves in the zone. It only happens once a year. It's a 24-hour, 25-hour period that we have to grab and try to see, can we make something out of it? Can we squeeze something out of it? And that's what we're really talking about today, to squeeze Yom Kippur for what it has. And what it really offers us is the ability to start anew. And the question we asked before the song was, can we do that for one another? You know, when people pass away, It's very easy to forgive them. Sorry if it comes across cynical. But it's much easier to forgive a person who passed on. Maybe it's because they'll never hurt us again. Maybe because we get perspective on their life now that they're no longer here. 
But what's interesting is that when a person passes away, they're also wrapped in white. In other words, time to move on and be cleansed. There's various different reasons that obviously that why they're wrapped in white um, to symbolize that what they came with is what they go with, that they can't even take an ounce of wealth with them. There's many, many reasons. But one of the meanings over there is for the people who see the corpse, the person who passed away, to be able to say, it's time to let go. Time to let go. But my question is, why do we have to wait till death? Why can't we let it go now? Why can't we let it go now? Just allow people the gift of forgiveness. Even if they were absolutely wrong. And even if they had all the wrong intentions. To forgive. Because that's what God does for us. And because that's the only way to enter this year. Free. Free. The greatest slave is the slave to the heart. The greatest prison is the one that we put in our own heart where we, so many parts of our heart are not our own. Think about what a prisoner is. A prisoner is somebody who doesn't have the freedom to choose what to do during the day. That's really the difference between someone living in prison and someone living in freedom. If I'm free, I get to to do what I want. In prison, I don't. I'm defined to every single thing I do. When my heart is full of hatred and my heart is full of negativity and my heart is dark, then I'm a prisoner because I can't really feel. I can't feel. DJ, when your heart has hatred inside, you cannot feel. When your heart is stained, you cannot feel. And I shared with my community on Rosh I said that we're all going on diets and we're all going to lose weight. But we have to go diets of the heart. The diet of the heart is the most important diet to lose weight on your heart. To let go of that unbelievable burden of hatred. Hating is hard. Do you know that? You have to consciously hate. <laughs> it takes a lot of mental space. Love is very easy. It doesn't drain the heart and it doesn't make you tired. Hatred makes you tired. You see people just like getting all angry and frustrated and uh, anger hurts. It literally hurts. It kills us. Weight kills us, but you know what? which weight kills us more than any other weight? The weight on the heart. And everyone's going on diets, right? Being overweight is like, oh, the big, it's the, the big no-no of our time. And overweight in your heart? Yes, every single day you go running for an hour and you go on the bike for 45 minutes and then you go gymming for two hours. and Oh, you are fit and you have a six-pack or a 12-pack or God knows what ha- you have and you cannot stop boasting about how fit you are. How fit's your heart? How much exercise do you do on your heart? I'm not talking about cardio. I'm talking about real exercise on your heart. Training your heart to not be jealous. Training your heart to forgive. Training your heart to be happy for somebody else's happiness. Training your heart to control your anger. Training your heart to focus. Training your heart to give love to the people that need. 
Training your heart to be vulnerable to the people that need you to be vulnerable. Training your heart to have courage even when it's so hard. Training your heart to say what needs to be said and to not say what not to, what's not to be said. How often do you train your heart? Do you take your heart to gym? Is there a gym of the heart? Where's the gym of the heart? Do we challenge ourselves every single day, an hour, to literally gym our heart? To become better people? Everyone loves saying, I'm a good person. Rabbi, I'm not religious, but I'm a good person. And I was like, sheesh, wow, if only I was a good person. Being a good person is, is much harder than being religious. To be a genuinely good person, I'm not saying just a nice person who pays their taxes and is sweet and nice and everyone thinks that they're a success story. I'm talking about genuinely nice. That has a clean heart that overcomes the temptation that our heart pulls at us and rather cleanses the heart and turns it into a, a true heart. In the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, there's a lot of references in the Torah to, to literally circumcise the heart, which literally means to take off the thickness and the, the heaviness that's in our heart. It's a, it's a reference that we have in Yom Kippur as well. To, and one, one of the Rosh Tevis, the, the, the names of Elul, El Aleph Lamed, Vav Lamed, has various um, words it refers to, like Anila Dodiva Dodili, and one of them is Leslavav Chaveslavav that Hashem will circumcise your heart and the heart of your children. The circumcising the heart, what does it mean to circumcise the heart? It literally means to, to open the heart for, for the good feelings, for the right feelings, for the positive feelings. Vasi Roisi Lev Eventa, Hashem says, I'll take away that heart of stone and I'll give you a Lev Basar, a heart of flesh. How many of our hearts have turned into stone? They're stiff. They're rigid. They're spiteful. They're negative. They're intense. A heart of a heart of flesh. Soften the heart, just like muscles. You have to soften them, right? That's what you do. Well, that's what exercise does, I believe. You soften the muscle, and then it could grow. We have to soften our heart. Be vulnerable with our heart. Get our heart pumping again. We weren't born as haters. Nobody's born a racist or an anti-Semite or a bigot. Nobody hates another. Babies don't hate. I just see, and you know, I have, thank God I've been blessed with children, and I see the young children, they, 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 they love. They might be afraid of a stranger, but the second they, they realize that the stranger is sweet, they're, they're so loving. They're so loving. Who taught us to hate? Who taught us about genders and color of skin and religions and, and who to hate and who to love? That's nonsense. We have to cleanse our heart. Who told you that there's only one way to live? Maybe your sister-in-law is an absolute nudnik. And maybe your brother is a pain. But maybe that's only in your perception. Their wife doesn't think the same way. Or maybe they do. But there's somebody that loves them. <laughs> There is something lovable about each human being. There is something lovable about every human being. And if we're going to ask God to find that lovable thing in us, then we have to challenge ourselves to find that lovable thing in others. This 72 hours, no more, 96 hours to Yom Kippur. 
No, 72 hours. What am I, just over 72 hours to Yom Kippur. Now it's Tuesday and Friday night Yom Kippur starts. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to lose weight on your heart. You know what's the good thing? Once you decide to lose weight, in many ways it's easier to lose weight on your heart than lose weight off your waistline. Because once you make the decision, I will not hate. I will forgive. We can do it. We might have to gym. We might have to go to the gym of the heart. And you know what the gym of the heart is? Prayer. Turn to God and you ask God to help you to clean your heart. Every morning you go to Shacharit, Meir of an afternoon, and you tell God, please. If you ever seen the prayer of the nighttime Shema, which we say just before we go to sleep, Ribbon Shalala, Master of the Universe, Hareni Michael, I hereby forgive Lachal Mishechichit Svehiknitaisi to anyone who angered or bothered me. Whether it was my body, whether it was my money, whether it was my honor, whatever it is, I forgive them. Every night we're supposed to say that. Every night we're supposed to go to sleep with a clean heart. But if we can't do it every night for whatever reason, at least let's enter Yom Kippur with a clean heart. If we're asking God to clean his heart, so to speak, and forgive us, let's do the same to one another. Let's forgive. Listening to 101.9 Chai FM here on Soul to Soul. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. You know, DJ, I actually thought that ad was great because I was expecting the ad to start and say, if you think... If you think things can't get any worse, just wait. Because <laughs> that's the way so many people talk. Oh, do you think it was terrible? It was mamish terrible. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afsan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul here on Soul to Soul. And we are talking today about forgiveness. Our WhatsApp number is 0621482374. Email on air at chaifm.com. SMS34519. Share your blessings with the community. Tweet at chaifm. You know, parenting is one of the most incredible journeys. DJ, you have children. And um, they can be really mean to you sometimes. <laughs> Agreed. They can be mean. And somehow you, feel, you, you still love them. Why? Because they're your kids. They're your kids. But when it's someone that's not our kids... So is the difference in the crime... That the people we forgive do lesser crimes than the people we don't know. The difference is how much we love and value the relationship. Because we'll forgive our kids for very, very nasty things. And our parents forgave us. So the reason we're not forgiving others is because they did such a crime or because we don't value the relationship with them. So I've seen so many people who are great parents, but they don't talk to their own siblings. It's a very strange thing. That means people who have, you know, had faribles, they had fights with their siblings, but then they create their own little family and they're very close to their kids and they're great parents. They try to create unity and, and you're like, one second, you couldn't forgive your brother and you're forgiving your son? Why? Now, I understand why, because it's easier to forgive your son than your brother. But why did you decide that? Why did you decide it's worth forgiving your son and not your brother? 
Why did you decide it's worth forgiving X and not Y? Are we really fair in who we choose to forgive and who we don't? No. We're not fair. We're not fair. If we really value the relationship, we would forgive. I mean, gosh, we forgive our spouses for things. And you know what? We even forgive ourselves for things. We forgive ourselves for doing things that we would forgive not even our own children. If our kids did to us what we sometimes do to ourselves, I mean, just think about it. How many times did you tell yourself this year, I'm an idiot? <laughs> or anything else? If anybody else told you that, you wouldn't talk to them for six months, but somehow you're allowed to tell it to yourself. And somehow you don't even think it's worth forgiving that you just bash yourself all day. I'm such a this, I'm such a that, I'm a, I'm a waste of a life, I can't get my act together, I can barely make a living, nobody loves me, I'm, I'm so unpopular, I'm not friendly, I'm not lovable, I'm not... If anyone told you that, you wouldn't talk to them forever, but somehow you talk to yourself and you forgive yourself. So why don't you forgive others? Why are you convinced that you had your best interests at heart and they didn't? Chances are nobody tells us meaner things about us than we tell ourselves. True or false? It's true. The meanest things that will ever be said about you are said by you. The nastiest things that will ever be done to you are done by you. I'm, not, I'm excluding crazy crimes and those kind of things, which you know, fortunately we don't do to ourselves and unfortunately it happens. But on the most part, the crazy things that happened, we did to ourselves. We said the mean things, and we abused our body and made ourselves sick often, and we got overweight, and we said, I don't know, felt nasty things and said nasty things and got moody and lost control and lost our temper. We, and yet we forgive ourselves. We better. Otherwise, we can't wake up another morning. We forgive ourselves. So forgive others. Forgive others. There are very few monsters alive. Yes, there are a few monsters out there. But on the most part, I genuinely believe that 99% of, of civilization aren't monsters. They might have made bad choices, some of them very bad choices. They're not monsters. And neither, I'm not a monster. You're not a monster. That's why we forgive ourselves. And that's why we could forgive others. And that's why God will forgive us. Let go. Let go. We can't live like this. Just see how much resentment we live with. People live with so much resentment. I know a guy that literally knows every person that wronged him for the past 20 years, knows exactly how it happened, when it happened, wh why that person was wrong, and why they're never going to forgive them. And you're like, you know what? Gosh, you're a genius for having such a memory, but what an idiot for your own sake. Why would you do that to yourself? You want to prove that the world doesn't all love you? I mean, I could tell it to you right now. None of us are loved by everybody. There's not one human being right now that's loved by every human. Think about that for a moment. There is not one human being on the planet that's loved by everybody. There is always someone who will dislike them and criticize them. I haven't met that person who's liked by everybody. I mean, God himself isn't exactly liked by everybody. Some people don't even believe he exists. 
forgive. Just forgive. And ask forgiveness if you did something wrong. Have the courage to call up and say, I'm sorry. I wasn't my best. I could have done a better job. It was a moment of weakness. I misjudged. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. That's all. That's all. We can do Yom Kippur for one another. Yom Kippur doesn't have to be once a year. That The once a year is when God cleanses us. But Yom Kippur to one another, the ability to just give clean slates to other people. I know you're not per- perfect, my friend. I know you're not perfect, my brother. I know you stole my inheritance. I know you were nasty to me when I was six years old and you were eight years old and you used to throw me down the stairs every single day. I forgive you. If not for your sake, for mine. Even if you don't need it, I do. I need a let go. I want to live lighter. I want to live happier. I want to be clean and cleansed. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Rabbi Levi Avzan. I'm signing off in just a few moments. Just 72 hours before Yom Kippur, an incredible, incredible energy in our time. Vav Tishrei, the sixth day of Tishrei, which is also a special day um, in two ways. I just want to mention just before we wrap up. First of all, it's the yard site of the Lubavitch Rebbe's late mother, Rebbe Tzinchana, an incredible woman um, who, first of all, raised a giant, but she herself was a giant and made a tremendous impact. And she had such an incredible life of dedication. And you could actually Google and read some of her diaries, which are translated in English, the way she was dedicated to help her husband um, who was sent to exile and eventually died in exile in the early 40s in the former Soviet Union and how she literally risked her life for her children's sake and for her husband's sake and and then, thank God, survived the Soviets and survived the Holocaust and came to the United States and passed away in the 1964. And the other thing that I want to mention is that there's a global phenomenon called learning Rambam, learning Maimonides. And it's been going for 33 years already, almost 34. And the custom is that every day learn a chapter or three chapters of Maimonides, and we finish the entire book of Maimonides, Mishnah Torah, either once a year or every three years. And this year, it's actually the completion of the one year and the the three-year cycle. And Jews all over the world are celebrating today um, the opportunity to learn Maimonides. And Maimonides, the book of Rambam, is, is important in many ways. But one way I just want to focus on is the, the special uniqueness that it's the only book of Jewish law that encompasses the entire Torah, even the laws that are not practiced in today's day and age and will be practiced when Mashiach comes. Um, we learn. So it's in one year, you actually get to body, learn the entire body of Jewish law. You learn the whole spectrum of, of Jewish law in incredible, concise, and clear language. And it's it's a personal milestone. Many years, thank God, having finished in Maimonides, so it's a celebration. And thousands and tens of thousands all over the world, there's a celebration in Santon Schultonite. 
And I just encourage each and every one of you to explore this learning, the learning of Rambam. Oh, the Rambam was one of the greatest Jewish leaders that ever lived and wrote an incredible book that literally will give you within one year or three years the full spectrum of Jewish knowledge. Could you imagine one year knowing that much? So I just want to wish Mazel Tov to all those who completed the cycle and Kailachai strength for those who are starting. And I just want to wish you and your, yours a Gmarch Simateva. May you all be inscribed and be absolutely blessed for the best year of your life so far. This should be the year. The, it should be the year of peace and tranquility. I mean, it was heartbreaking to hear about the terrorist attack this morning. It should be the last terrorist attack of this year and the last terrorist attack ever. Um, no more violence, no more hatred. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's unnecessary. It's, it's, it's not only unnecessary, it's evil and it's terrible. And it should be a good year for each and every one of us. Our dreams should slowly materialize, quickly materialize. And we should be blessed with health, gesund, parnasa, livelihood, nachas from our kids, nachas from ourselves, to find our purpose, to, to be serene and peaceful and calm and have happy lives and good marriages and success with our children and all the other blessings that we need. And most importantly, the greatest blessing of all, may it be the year that Mashiach comes once and for all. For thousands of years, we've been waiting for a better world, and we've done our part. And God, please do your part and usher in the coming of Mashiach, the righteous Redeemer, and may we enter a time of eternal peace and tranquility speedily in our time. Thank you, DJ. Thank you, Chai FM. Shana Tova, Gmar Have a great week. Have an easy and meaningful fast.